Fade in. Exterior. A redwood forest. Twilight. Full moon rising between trees. Green city limit sign next to dark highway. Dissolve to. Sign. White block letters. Arcadia, California. Population 16,179. Freeze frame. Superimpose. Episode 9. Pre-production. Part 1. Wednesday, April 15th. Audio Notes Part 17, still untitled Small Town Film Project. I had intended to go to the library to hunt down a falconer family tree, but this week has gotten away from me a little bit. I should be able to go on Saturday after- Hey, Nico. Hmm? I'm on my way over to the theater. The playhouse, not the movie one. Your mom set up a meeting with someone on the board or something about doing some workshops. Put my education to work and enrich the local community. I think she's sick of having me around here all the time. You'd said you were interested in it. Still want to get a tour? Sure. Uh, uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Just a second. Well, looks like I'll get something done this week after all. But library, this weekend. Wednesday, April 15, 2009. Audio Notes Part 17 continued. So, the Arcadia Playhouse. It is... Impressive, inside. I really didn't expect something in a town this small to be this... Well... Honestly, it's kind of overwhelming. And so quiet, almost... I really want to say too quiet. It's not that it's too much, though, it's just... So completely quiet, it feels weird to talk, like I'm breaking the rules. Even that, I almost sound muffled, too, like the place is just... Sucking in all the sound. You must have great acoustics for performances. I'm in the theater itself, in the middle. It's not big, probably not more than 300 seats, but it feels... I feel small standing here. They've got a bright light on up on the stage, but the house lights are only on about halfway. Really long shadows from everything that sort of muffle the visuals like the acoustics muffle the sound. And it's so beautiful... Red velvet, gold trim, mosaic walls, fasted glass, vaulted ceiling with a chandelier, and paintings on the panels of the walls between lights, up the columns supporting the roof, the proscenium arch, floor-to-ceiling, copper and brass, and red, figures highlighted in gold leaf. They could be trees, or tall grass, or people dancing. They almost move when you look at them. Okay, it looks like the place was either renovated or just kept in really good repair. Or maybe it was built this way. Either way, it is an amazing location, and I absolutely have to set something here. Huh. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, okay. So, like I said, there are murals all over the place, but the biggest one is around the stage. Since no one's here, I just went ahead and came down to take a look. They're painted directly on the wall here. That is, I can see the brush strokes. It looks like this was done completely by hand. And... Yeah, I was right. There are symbols painted in. Pretty sure they're in the slabbery. They look like the ones I've already identified. They're worked into the design. Up close, you can tell it isn't a picture of anything, mostly just a sort of pattern, kind of lacy, 
that there are three symbols I can see from here kind of twisted into the painting. I should take a picture. I would appreciate it if you didn't do that. What? Oh, uh, sorry. No, I'm done. At least, likely not. But she isn't fond of photography. She? The theatre. She's quite the grand lady when you get to know her. Ah. Well, I see. Do you now? I mean, I guess? My mom says some theatres kind of have minds of their own. She sounds to be a wise woman. Yeah, at least about that kind of thing. Um, am I... should I not be here? I don't see why you shouldn't. I am, in fact, surprised you haven't found your way here before, Dominic. Okay. Good. I, I was just curious what she looked like inside. I mean, what it was like in here. And what do you think, now being here? It's nice. Nice? Peaceful. It's so quiet, I can hear myself think. And? I like the paintings. <laughs> I'm glad you admire them. They were something of a labour of love, and rather tedious in some parts. But needed to complete the place, I think. You did them? I did. But I don't suppose you came here today to talk about my humble talents as an artist. You were, I think, wanting to get acquainted with the Grand Lady. Um, like I said, I just wanted to see what it was like inside. For my movie. Ah, an artist yourself, then. Kind of, I guess. Um, sorry, but my mom's probably looking for me. I should... really... Of course, I wouldn't want to keep you from your family. But should you find yourself interested in getting to know this place more deeply, please don't hesitate to contact me. She's trusted to my care, after all. Thanks. I'd like to look around more, I think, sometime. It's nice, the quiet. I'm glad you think so. I do myself. Call, and I will make time to introduce you. But as you said, you shouldn't keep your mother waiting. What? Oh, yeah. Right. Thank you. Cyrus V. DiCaprio, director. That fits. Artists. It's strange. It's not as quiet out here in the foyer as it was inside the theater itself, but still so... I don't know. I can look out at the street, but it's somehow like I'm a million miles from anyone else. It's a lot like being out in the Timberland, actually. That same feeling of being the only person for miles. There's got to be a way I can recreate something like this for an audience. Ambient soundtracks that stop. Some kind of barely audible musical shifts. I don't know. I've got to look into it. If I could figure out how to... It could make for some really striking scenes. I see why he talks about this place like he does, though. The Grand Lady. Like a ship or something. It feels like that. Not a ship, but like something that's got history. Like it's seen so many things. You know, there might actually be a title in that. Like, something about seeing, not seeing history. That just sounds stupid, but maybe playing with the idea of what the town's seen, or what the protagonist could see if he just looked the right way. Yeah? Okay. Okay, I know I heard that. Yeah, I heard you. Knock it off. This stopped being funny the first time. Head twice, your face, head 
I don't know what your deal is or why you're messing with me, but I write horror movies. This is not the first time I've heard a voice changer used. It was pretty obvious on the tape from the other day. Look, this isn't going to work. If you've got a problem with me, maybe just come out here and tell me. I have no idea what you could possibly be pissed at me over, but God knows people in this town find the stupidest reasons to dislike each other. Regardless, I am so over the creepy voice in the darkness thing. At least bully me like a normal person. Not your thing? Okay, then I'm just going to assume you're going to leave me alone from now on. This is ridiculous. I was this close to figuring out my title, and now I've lost it completely. Whatever, I'll work more on it later. Saturday, April 18th, 2009. Audio Notes, Part 18. Etiquette in Small Town America. Working title. I keep telling myself I'm going to really get down to business, focus properly, and get more work done. I genuinely mean it every time, but then something gets in the way and I end up on some other weird avenue of research looking into family trees or strange languages or the weird traditions of this town that have almost no bearing on what I'm trying to do. Well, in the past few days, I've actually made some significant, tangible progress. Really, I kind of feel like the trip to the theater cleared my head. I don't know what it was about going in there, but ever since, it's like my ideas are just so much sharper. It's easier to see the story I want to tell and to put the pieces into place. Also, I realized what I needed to actually be doing was writing plot. I've been putting all my energy into the set dressing, the extraneous stuff, shooting locations, sound design, characters I can pull in from my actual life, which is great. I mean, it's necessary and something I'll need to pay attention to. Later. I'd gotten so wrapped up in how I would polish the thing that I hadn't bothered to stop and think about the fact that I didn't actually have the thing itself yet. So that's what I've been doing, and it's been going really well. Like, really well. I think I had let myself get into a rut. I'd been so bogged down in this understanding of Arcadia as useless, a creative stumbling block I had to overcome before I could make something real. I let the averageness of my everyday keep me from seeing the, the unsettling, the uncanny that is what inspired me to make this film in the first place. Because that stuff doesn't come from the environment I'm in. It's already in my head. It just needs to get dragged out and put into some kind of order on the page. And it seems like the order has finally decided to become clear. So, the story, or the framework of it. Most of it, at least. Cade Shelton is a recent college grad. He's doing something while he tries to figure out how to make a living as a painter, which is his real passion. I don't have it all yet. There are still a ton of things that need to be worked out and fitted in, but the bones are there. Something happens to him. Something that's upsetting enough to push him out of his current job and force him to move to a small, quiet town. I'm not sure what, but it'll come. The town is wholesome, welcoming. He settles right in, rents a little cottage, and gets to painting. I'll have to figure out how he's paying his bills. If he's not recognized as a painter, there's no way that is doing it. And even if he is recognized, it probably still doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> An inheritance? Maybe. Or some kind of pension? I'll come back to that. So, everyone is really friendly to him. They bring him food, are super polite, in that down-home way that flags this as an all-American place. Then he meets this girl. Kind of hate for there to be a girl. The damsel in distress thing is incredibly cliche, but some things are cliche for a reason, and the fastest way to make a guy sympathetic is to give him someone he can show he cares about and wants to protect. When the girl comes in, things start to skew. It looks like she's in danger. People are out to get her. 
And because he's into her, and she's some kind of waifish ingenue, Cade starts to see things underneath the town's surface. The behaviors he thought were so friendly are suddenly threatening. The people bringing him food are invasive. All he can see is the sideways looks and how they are acting toward the girl. And it all gets more and more threatening until he's seeing danger to himself as well as her. And then it twists. Because the girl disappears. Except. Maybe. She never existed all along. That's as far as I've gotten. I know that after the twist, there will be some flashbacks, reshoots of scenes from earlier, except showing how no one interacts with the girl. Get kind of sixth sense in there and start making it look like maybe Cade has lost it more than the audience thought, and build up a huge amount of doubt about his reliability. But there are still too many ways it could go after that. I want to take my time, really think about it, because I want to say something. And I think I could if I managed to do this properly. I've been thinking that maybe I should go back to the theater, since it helped so much the first time. I'm okay with being a little superstitious if it means I get work done, plus it would be cool to get that tour. I was able to find out a little bit about the director, Cyrus DiCaprio. He actually has gotten some notice beyond Arcadia, in the real world. He's directed at the Ashland Shakespeare Festival a few times, and the reviews are pretty- Nico! What? There's someone here for you! Huh? Who could- I'll be down in a second! Okay. It's a good time to take a break anyway, but I do think I'll go by the theater this weekend. Just, I don't know, just to see if inspiration strikes twice. It's cool if I start recording again, right? What? Oh, yeah, that's cool. You're like making a movie or something. I heard someone talking about it. That's cool. Or something. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Do you, like, use the stuff people say in your movie? Sometimes. Cool. So, is there a reason you came by? Not to be rude or anything, but we haven't really talked that much, and I kind of got the impression you didn't really like me? No, totally not. You're a great guy. I just, uh, you know. Yeah, I know. So, oh, uh, yeah, so, my dad has a boat, S. Shasta, not here, uh, Lost Lake isn't big enough, we go out there and fish and jet ski and stuff, in the summer, I mean, but fishing is good all the time, bass mostly, you ever been fishing? I can't say that I have. Cool, good. Uh, I mean, you could come with us next weekend. My dad wanted to know if you wanted to come fishing with us on Saturday. You're asking me to come fishing at Lake Shasta with you and your dad? Yeah. We bring the guys from the baseball team all the time. Dad figured it's about time to get to know you. You know, the Sheridan family Falconers go way back. You know, founding families. It's important to remember that kind of stuff. Keep the town full of the right kind of people. People with history, I mean. Who are part of the town for real. Not that we have any problems with newcomers. They just aren't always, like, they don't always know how we do things. They don't know the traditions? Yeah, exactly. You get it. So, you want to come? I, uh, I mean, sure, I guess. I have to ask the moms, but I mean, I probably could. Great. Awesome. We'll swing by around six. 
a.m.? Yeah. Well, cool. Um, I should probably take off. Cool. Hey, why don't you give me your number or your email? Damn fine coffee at outlook.com. Cool. I'm a cool kid Cameron at hotmail.com. Pronounce with all C's. Got it. Thanks for the invitation. Totally, man. Totally. You're Falconer. I'm a Sheridan. We look out for each other. Anyway, Saturday. Sure. Saturday. Okay. Cool. Later. See ya. Okay. That was unexpected. Fishing with Cameron Sheridan at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning. But when in Rome, and maybe it'll give me some useful material. (laughs) Cool kid Cameron. Pronounced with all C's. Classic. Saturday, April 18th, 2009. Audio notes, part... I don't know, it's 5.30 a.m. Audio notes. Small town film project. Since I'm not bringing the recorder with me, I want to make a few comments in advance so I can remind myself to write them down later. One, Mr. Sheridan is potentially a good model for the average townsperson who's in on things. I want to keep an eye on his mannerisms and try to steer the conversation toward Arcadia if I can. Maybe toward Will's family. Depending on what he's like, I may be able to lift some dialogue directly. Two, also a good idea to watch how Cameron and his dad interact. That could also be useful. Less to watch the whole dad-to-son thing, I've got TV for that, but to see if or how he talks about or around their family status. I mean, if they do. I don't really know how that kind of thing works. It shouldn't be something that comes up in normal conversation, but Cameron managed to talk about it in a 10-minute conversation, so. Three, Cameron by himself. What is he actually like? How much of the way he is is about looking good in front of other people? I don't like him, but he is sort of interesting. I mean, on one hand, he completely fits the trust fund frat guy stereotype. On the other, he's honestly, he's kind of cute in that clueless and kind of dumb way. But also, he attempted to beat up one of my friends and said some very, very unkind things about another. Pretty sure he isn't a good guy. But also that there's more to him than just being an asshole. I want to see what happens when he's on his own. For fishing. Just fishing. That should keep me on track and jog my memory when I get back. Certainly it's all I have the brain for at this hour. Who decided you have to go fishing at ungodly early hours? This is ridiculous. Still, it's kind of nice to be invited to do this. I don't want to be popular or anything, but... Everyone's been so disinterested, it's cool to actually have someone at least pretend to care. Okay, good enough.
Smash cut, black screen. Over black, roll credits. Nico McCleary is played by M. German. Karen Segretti is played by Corvin Appleby. Holly McCleary is played by Vanessa Haas. Cyrus DiCaprio is played by Vic Collins. Cameron Sheridan is played by Nick. Other voices provided by Vic Collins. Arcadia, California is a production of Law of Names Games. It is written and directed by Lisa Guente and edited by Eric Seguente. More information about the show and its cast can be found in the episode notes or at arcadiacalifornia.lawofnames.com. Fade out. Sunday, April 19th, 2009. Audio notes on fishing. I do not like to fish. And that is all I am going to say. Also, someone's been messing around with the recorder. A couple minutes of stuff got tacked on to the end of my last entry. Probably Karen messing with me, or Holly, reminding me not to take myself too seriously. I'm not going to give them the satisfaction of a reaction. And to be honest, it sounded pretty cool. I should ask them how they got that effect.